Hey guys, it's Marsha Hoffines, and you are listening to the Storytellers Podcast, where we dig in, go deep, find ourselves, maybe cry, maybe laugh. We surrender, but we go home, and we go home big. We feel inspired. It's the story behind the cellophane. It's the story inside the truth. It's a story that most people don't want to tell, but we're here to share. Let's get started. Spare you with my singing voice. <laughs> we'll just we'll settle down on that one. And I think we're both yeah. Virgos. Is this correct? Are you a Virgo? I'm a Leo. Oh, you're so a Leo. I have a, bir- I have a birthday coming up. Yes, me too. Right. Okay. So she's a Leo. I'm a Virgo. Oh, we're both manifesting generators. Manifesting generators. That's yes. It. That's it. So we've got. <laughs> I mean, Virgo manifesting generator, neither one have anything to do with each other, but we're close enough in the signs and we're close enough at heart. And um, I just love Raquel, everything about her. She's just a vibrant light of energy and she's extremely caring and giving and done some extraordinary things. So I just, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you. Um, so it's funny that you let off the way you did because I did kind of wanted to bring it up at some point because it just goes to show you how much we evolve, we grow, we learn about ourselves. And you know, you talked about how when we met, you were in a weird space. I was in a very, I was going through a separation divorce. Um, you know, I was newly teaching at the studio, and it's funny how one can judge. Yeah, somebody else so easily. And I feel like you and I, it was almost like it wasn't fair, right? In the right. sense that I think we had our, our perceptions of each other. Sure. I thought you didn't like me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this woman, Marsha, does not like me as a human <laughs> being. So I'm going to stay away <laughs> because I am that type of person where if I sense someone does not like me, then I'm kind of like, all right, move, you know what? Let's yep. just stay out of that person's way. Yep. And, um, and, you know, and I'm fully transparent. So yeah, so for me, I was intimidated by you. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was very intimidated. So I just kind of like, all right, that's not someone that I'm going to be friends with. And that's okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, it's okay. Yeah. And then it's funny how I think you, we just both just had this weird vibe. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, it was a lot of here, things. It, it was. And we, yeah. I think we let, like, we were talking about this um, at one point that we allowed outside noise, outside mm-hmm people to kind of affect maybe our judgment of each other, um, which is, I mean, that's life. That's what happens. But it's it's funny how kind of like this pandemic or just (laughs) us kind of reconnected in the craziest, most beautiful way where we're just like, shoot, we actually like... like each other and we have so much in common and we respect each other and we let all that other, you know, crap get in the way. But that's like what happens in relationships and friendships. It's amazing. Yeah. I talk a lot about it. It's your sphere of influence, right? Like the people that you surround yourself with. And so, so to piggyback on that part of uh, what you were going through, I moved back up here. We were going through bankruptcy. We had lost jobs. We didn't have I was, I was re-entering, um, living back up in Loudoun County after having been down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and just suffered like a huge blow to my system and my ego having to shut down my studio. We had to shut, just all these things. And there was a lot of, um, insecurity and trauma. And then 
I was in a managerial position and I was having to manage people in a way that I, you know, it wasn't my studio, it was someone else's. And as you know, she didn't live there. And so it was like, that always put me and any manager actually that managed uh, the studio that we both worked at in a very awkward position. Cause oftentimes we were doing work on behalf of someone else, but we couldn't be like, Hey, PS, she made me do it. You just didn't do that. Right. So there was right. this perception that I was like, you know, and that's cool. And I'm good. I, and it's funny because um, I'm not going to lie. I was a little intimidated by you too. Like there was a, a, you had what I perceived again, perceptions, interesting, like yeah. friends and a life that I didn't have but I didn't know what was going on with you. You know what I mean? So it's so funny, just like, but here we are and we do actually have a lot in common. We actually have both, you know, you talked about rowing and I love to um, look at it in two ways. One, you do grow and you do evolve, but it's also the unlearning of everything, like having to unlearn um, what people plant in your mind, just about life in general, right? Yeah. It's like, let me unlearn this now and let me learn how to like walk, like become a baby again, become a toddler all over again. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but it's, but that's the journey. That's what life's about. You know, like I, it's, it's interesting. I tell people all the time that I grew up where I thought that everything had to be perfect and great. And if it wasn't, it's because I was doing something wrong. Right. Like if something bad happened or if there was some kind of hardship or something was tough, I'm like, well, shoot, I'm not doing life right then because life is supposed to be perfect and everything's supposed to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns. And that's how I grew up. That was Mm -hmm. like my paradigm. And so now I realize like, no, it's the opposite. Life is messy. Life sucks. Like it's hard. And you have those really good moments. Those are the moments where you're like, Ooh, okay. Everything's like falling into place in this moment. Cherish it, appreciate it, enjoy it, you know, cause you're not going to get this all the time. <laughs> right. And remember how that feels so that in the hard times that are hard, you can ride that feeling and you can ride that wave. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a family where my, my dad was the king of blame, right? Like you just blamed everybody else for what was going on. Even if you're the one who like, fucked up. It was someone else's fault. It was really, he never had any accountability for anything. It was well, everyone else. No, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. We were held accountable by him, but he would always then make us feel as if somebody else made us do it. Somehow there was this external influence that caused, cause his children couldn't be, you know, incorrect about anything you know it this is the great the best story about it is when I was in second grade I was failing um I was failing English you know doing glossary words remember second grade okay do you re I do I remember second I know I remember I remember remember. yeah glossary words and I got (laughs) so at the time we got letters on a report card right it was you got a s for satisfactory I don't think E for excellent and L yeah. for lazy. And then good. Lousy. I think. And then oh, oh good. Yeah. Oh, you had a lazy. You oh, had yeah. an L. Oh, L. Wow, we didn't have an L. We had an L for lazy or lousy. It was one of those two. Oh, wow. And I got an L. And my teacher called my parents in to have a parent teacher conference. And they're like, she was like, look, I think that Marsha has a learning disability. And my dad 
was like, no, there's nothing wrong with my child. This is your fault your as fault. the teacher. But I did. I was just, dysle- I'm dyslexic and it really hindered me for a really, really long time. Oh, wow. learning. Yeah. But he wouldn't have like nothing to do with it. There was nothing wrong with me. I just had to work harder. And I'm like, I can't work oh, harder. Wow. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, that's the part about being dyslexic. <laughs> that you don't get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that is like the perfect way to describe um, my dad. It's like, and, and how I grew up, it was like, yes, there's a problem, but now you got to, you got to fix it. But then, oh, by the way, I'm going to blame your teacher. So it was like this really confusing, like mixed message of, yeah, but my teacher wants to help me and you're not. And you're right. <laughs> so this is weird. It was almost oh like shame. God. Like it was shameful to have something wrong with you. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I think that just like that generation too. I mean, even to this day, being that I suffered from depression. And even when I attempted suicide, like my parents, they are still kind of in denial that it had a lot to do with the family dynamic and them, right. you know, like I try to explain to them like, Hey mom and dad, it just didn't like happen overnight. Right. You know, there was stuff going on in the family stuff that you guys as parents were kind of doing that affected me and my brother mm-hmm. and my sister and so forth. And so like now they're a little bit better about listening about it, but it just, it's only recent in the last couple of years because I've been open about it publicly now. Right. Yeah. With, you're, you a know, mental, ment- you're a mental well, health I'm, advocate. Yeah. Yes. I mean, now I realize once again, I thought that that was a part of my life that I needed to keep separate and no mm. one needed to know about it. And that was just going to be kind of like, com- 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 how do you say that freaking word? A compartmentalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, no, like that is the story that I need to be sharing and talking about. And uh, so it's like my everything shifted in that way too. See, shift does happen. It does. It- <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, that was a huge shift for me was opening up about that. And, you yeah. know, and obviously now my parents kind of have to deal with it because they're like, well, there's our daughter telling thousands of the entire world, you know, what that she suffered from this. So I guess now we have to like own it. Yeah. And we have to come into this realization of, yeah, mental health is such a huge, like, we don't talk about it enough. It's a Mm -hmm. huge problem in our society. And interestingly enough, um, the past several podcast conversations that I've had with uh, previous guests, Vinu and Chris, we talked a lot about their mental health journey, um, contemplating suicide, praying, like, Vinu talked a lot about being a 13-year-old young girl and just praying that God would just take her because she she just didn't want to, you know, the discrimination that she felt as a young child and not being included and things like this and um, how her path to healing really came from her own, her owning her owning her healing. So tell, like, I just walk us through a little bit, Raquel, like how this all has transpired for you. Like what was like a breaking point for you? What was a down and where did you go from there? How did it all like transpire that you are now here doing the things that you Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so when I went through my state of depression, clinical depression, um, which is funny, even my roommate who I'm still friends with, she was my freshman and junior year roommate. She's like, I didn't even really realize. She's like, I knew you slept a lot. <laughs> She's right. like, but I didn't even get it. 
Um, so most people don't even know about it because I hit it really well. I was like your perfectionist. So anyways, I mean, it wasn't like, it was, it's all a blur, but I think I was like 19 or 20 when it all went down where I really hit rock bottom and I tried to take my life. And then I, you know, as soon as my roommates, my best friends found out, like I admitted to them when I did, they like took me back home and I didn't end up going back to UCLA. So I told people like, I don't have my degree because when I tried to go back, there were so many triggers. Because mm -hmm. let me tell you, LA is the worst place to live if you're a young, impressionable woman. I mean, if you're insecure, oh, if you, yeah. um, it's the worst place to live. So here I go through my therapy. I think I'm great. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to school. I go back and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't be in LA. Are you kidding me? This is like not, I can't be here anymore. So I went back to San Diego. And, and I had met my husband long distance. My mm -hmm. best friend had introduced me to him because they went to school at GW. So he was in D.C. That's how I ended up out, out in D.C. in, the, did in you, Virginia. Did you meet on like match.com or something? No, she, she was really good friends with them. So she would like talk to him on the phone. And so it was like, I don't know what happened. One thing led to another of me joking around like, oh, tell him his girlfriend from California says happy birthday. I think it was his birthday. And he was dating someone at the time. He had like a serious relationship. And so I remember it was like a six month courtship before I actually met him. Wow. Because he, he flew out to San Diego and I, I told him, I'm like, if you're coming to meet me, you cannot have a girlfriend. Like, right. like it doesn't go, it doesn't work that way. You can't stay with me and you're, you're in a, you know, a serious relationship. Like, yeah, no, I don't think that's right. Right. So he ended up, ending the relationship with this woman. Wow. He saw, future, he saw future with me, not with her. Like, I think it was more at a convenience to be honest. And so he, he flew out and, and this is where, and he gets this. And this is the, one of the biggest reasons why we are divorced, why we're, we're not together. Cause I adore him and I love him still. And we have a great relationship, but I was already emotionally invested and I was in, and I fell in love with him emotionally. Yeah. And I, when I met him, there really wasn't chemistry. And I didn't at the time understand how important that was because my parents didn't have that. Like once again, it's like what you grow up with, right? My dad yep. was a good provider. He had a good job, but there was no intimacy that I, I never saw my parents kiss. I never saw them go out on a date, like none of that. Yeah. So for me, I didn't think that was important. I thought, okay, just as long as I have someone that is going to be a good provider and is going to be a good father to my children, <laughs> you yeah. know, and he checked those boxes. Yeah. And, um, and so the other part of it was that wasn't really there. And, and it's a tough one, you know, like my ex was madly in love with me and I was the love of his life. And, and so that was a tough one when we, when we got divorced, but he sees it now that I, we, for me, I needed that. Like, I don't regret it. Like I, because of it, I've grown so much and he's seen how much I've grown and what I've done on my own and how independent right. I am and how I've started my own business. And so he gets it like, shoot, you know what? He's even said to me, you know, Raquel, I held you back. Well, it's almost um, as if I was just a crutch for you because you were in such an emotionally vulnerable place. And then here you have this person like, uh, giving you one of those human desires of connection and love and, and safety. Like he was checking off some boxes for you when you were in a very unstable time yourself. Yes. So it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I love that you, I, I actually really. Yeah. And he was my first relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate you talking like this about it too. Like how he now can see, because I think how beautiful and like what a beautiful gift you're giving your kids too for them to see like a very healthy ongoing relationship yeah no so that's the thing is like my kids I think they 
especially my daughter appreciates it because I have very open, honest talks with my kids. So for instance, my daughter was six when, when I left and my son was nine and they're very mature, but still like, because there was one point in time where my daughter said, and this was when we were newly uh, divorced. She's like, mom, how come I never saw you and dad kiss? Mm. And I said, sweetie, you know what? That's a really good question. And that's one of a lot of the, one of the reasons why your dad and I aren't together because mommies and daddy should kiss, you know, like that mm-hmm. is what is in America, you know, so I was trying to explain it to her in a way where like, because we didn't, we're not really together. Um, and then even my kids, I'm open about the fact that my ex was my first, I lost my virginity to my ex-husband. So he was my only first and only relationship up until I was 35 years old. Hmm. And so that's another thing too, where I talk about with my kids, where I want my daughter to have different relationships and be with different people to know what she wanted, what she wants. Cause I didn't know any, I got married. I was 22 when I lost my virginity. Oh, you got, oh my goodness. You got married young. Yes. And then I got married at 24 and I found out if five weeks in or actually a week after my wedding, I found out I was already five weeks pregnant with my son. Oh my God. Yeah. So it all happened like really quickly. So I, that's why for me, I never really had those twenties. Yeah. And I never, I didn't have the career. I did it all kind of backwards. Well, not that it's like, that's how you're supposed to do it, but that's how everyone was kind of doing it. Like all my friends, I'm the one that has the oldest kids. I'm the one that got married first. Like I have friends that have little ones and I, mine are, you know, 19 and 16. Um, So yeah, I, I look back and I think obviously that's the way it needed to be that was my journey and that's okay. I don't regret anything, yeah. but being able to at least be able to talk to my kids and be like, yeah, you know what? These are the things that I learned and maybe like you shouldn't repeat certain things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, um, it's breaking the generational trauma, right? It's breaking the yeah. patterns and we get these amazing opportunities. Like the past isn't there for us to wallow in and stay connected to the past happens for us to learn and grow from. And I just think that you're just such a beautiful um, testimony of that idea of how, you know, maybe you did do things backwards, but maybe there's so much inspiration in that too. Like, again, like I always, every single one of us has such a different path, right? Like I, um, I met my husband I had only had one boyfriend prior to my husband in college and he was a dirty, dirty dog, like male, just terrible, terrible, (laughs) terrible. But if I actually look, I'll say it again. He was terrible. (laughs) Terrible. He ever finds this podcast and he listens to it. You were terrible. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, So what... I did though with that first relationship that I had was I definitely repeated, <laughs> repeated patterns from what I watched my dad and how my dad treated my mom, right? The cheating, just the mental, the emotional, and the verbal abuse just was rampant. And so when I got done with that relationship, I remember I took a break. I like did not want to date. I didn't date for like three years. I didn't have any kind of relationship. And all I would think to myself is if I, the next guy I meet is going to be nothing like my father. Right. Like, and I just kind of really like was very aware of what I didn't want in a relationship and what I really wanted my significant other to be like. And somehow he was like plopped right in front of me. And I 
you know, thank God he and I made it through. We've been married 21 years now. Cause talk about, I was an emotional, energetic, just wreck when I met him still. I had a lot of issues wow. with my family and, but I was, but I was like making everything happen. Right. I was, um, great at my job. I had some success with that. And, you know, I guess that was fun to be around because <laughs> I honestly, um, he and I there just tons like, of fun. Totally, yeah. I guess I was fun to be around at the time. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting everybody's path and everyone's journey. And I always say like, for, for me, that's the one thing. And I, and I joke sometimes with people about it, but I'm like, if I've gotten anything right from the start, it's been my relationship with my husband. Everything else has gotten fucked up and fallen apart, but my, my relationship with my husband's been like the one thing that's been pretty, like pretty <laughs> steady. So, you know, yeah. we all have those wins as well that we get to fall back on kind of like talking about what we were saying earlier about, you know, when you have those like really great moments in life or you have those really great things to remember how they feel and remember what's going on because they carry you through some rather unfortunate yeah. So I know it's crazy. Yeah. So you, but I was gonna, I was gonna, well, I was gonna yeah. tell you a yeah. cute story though, yeah. just yeah, yeah, because yeah. please we're in this whole relationship thing. Mm -hmm. So before, so when I was at college, I had the biggest crush on this guy, like obsessed. And we were friends. We never dated. Nothing ever happened, but I was just like, I was head over heels. It was that teenager. Like, you know, I just, where is he? Where can I see him on campus? Like, where are you? Like, yeah. you just typical. <laughs> and, um, well, we just reconnected after 25 years. Mm. We just saw each other for the first time last week. Um, we reconnected over the Christmas time. I found him. Oh, wow. We hadn't spoken this entire time. Like he ended up transferring out and we just lost touch. And it's just funny because Here's somebody that I thought I would never, ever see again, talk to again, none of that. And now he's, we talk almost every day. He's unfortunately going through some stuff, and, but I'm like kind of there as a friend to yeah. give him advice, help him. Um, and it's funny how he's presented himself to me now. And I, and he also is like, gosh, I, the irony of you coming back into my life too. It's just weird, but it just goes to show you that life is just it's crazy. It's, you know, there's just so many, you know, turns and, and surprises. Yep. And, and I think because of that, now I really appreciate, I appreciate it so much more. It's almost like exciting where before the unknown was scary to me, but now right. the unknown's exciting because right. all these things happen in a way where like, I could have never, ever in a million years imagined that I would be reconnected with this person and that we would be friends again. And so right. it just goes to show you that who knows what's going to happen, you know, down the road too. There might be someone else that some suddenly presents himself that I thought that would never come back. And right. uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Like literally like I, and I love this. I love your perspective and the twist on this because life, even in the dark moments can still have a lot of like un, a lot of variety and excitement to it. If you mm -hmm. let yourself be open to it, you know, one of the things that um, I keep reminding um, my team and myself and my family and in talks that I give about this time that we're going through with the pandemic and 
all the unknowns right now. Like I'm stepping into versions of myself that wouldn't have existed if this time wouldn't have happened. Right. So while it's a very dark and heavy and unfortunate time um, in our global community and our, on a human level in all aspects of it, I'm still having a lot of fun. Like I'm really finding, um, ways of reconnecting with people, like really just like diving in and um, connecting with some amazing people through the podcast. While, while teaching more yoga was definitely not on my um, vision board for 2020. Um, what I realized about that was I love teaching yoga and I'm great at teaching yoga. I just didn't want to teach yoga in yoga studios anymore. Right. So that was really because I, I, I'm like excited every day that I get to go and connect with people in this virtual space. So it's really, I love that you said that, like, you can have your plan, but you don't know what your di- life's going to look like 30 days from now. So like, put your seatbelt on because it's like, it's like, it's yeah, like, I didn't know I was going to be in San Diego for three weeks now. Right. Like, I mean, it was so last minute, you know, a, um, situation with my family that they're like, hey, we need you. And yeah. I literally on a Sunday booked a flight. I would have booked it for Monday, but there were no flights. So I booked for Tuesday. And now here, that was three weeks ago, right. this Tuesday. Right. So just even that in itself, like, and then being able to see my friend because he lives out here. Right. Um, yeah. Like, it's, it's, I'm appreciating life in a way where I never thought I would have. Yeah. And that's to me is such a gift right now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's making me think of something that I learned in um, Tony Robbins coaching, which is there's the six basic human needs. And one of them is uncertainty and variety. And most people do not like uncertainty. They would rather have safety and security, like just kind of know how things are going to go. And um, what I have found is the more you can embrace the unknown, the happier you are because then it's like, okay, well, yeah. what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. And, I, and then, then you, you don't get disappointed, right? Because right? you're just right. like, it's just going to happen. happen. So let it right. happen. And I'm going to be okay because I'm right. expecting it to be that way. Right. Have a plan. Obviously have your goals, but like, don't get right. overly attached because like, otherwise then you, then you are total in total disappointment, right? You're totally like, and even the yoga sutras teach this, like, don't get overly attached to any kind yeah. of outcome because then there you go. Like, and to be free, like to be liberated from any type of bondage. I just, I just love hearing what you're saying right now. Cause it really is a time. And I don't want to use the word gift. Cause I don't, I don't want to take what's going on lightly. Cause it really is. Right. I know. And here serious. I said it was a gift. Well, no, no. And I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I mean, no, I know, I know. Time, here, here's what is a gift, is the slowing down is a gift, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening is not the gift. But because of what's happening, if you're willing to look at it, even if it's hard, you can find, and I'm not even going to use the word silver linings, right? Because I keep saying that. And I'm like, yeah, it's not on here. <laughs> Let's be careful. <laughs> just, like, just like in the beginning, like, yeah. we're all pivoting, right? Pivot, pivot, pivot. And I'm like, if I say fucking pivot one right, more right. time, I'll lose my mind. So, one more time. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to pivot. It's like the Friends episode where, where they're moving the, um, 
have you seen that episode where they're moving the sofa up the stairs, Chandler? And yes, like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I love that like, show. Say it one more time, <laughs> kill you. <laughs> but that's how I feel about like silver linings. And I, I feel like right now, if, if you just take a second to pause and really look around and see it, like just some of the simple things that are happening in your life, then the more gratitude, and I think what you're proving with the conversation we're having, the more you can expand into your heart, the more things will just start to flow for you, right? And then the mm -hmm. unexpected things that do come up and do come your way. And, you know, I'll say that getting you to San Diego was beautifully a divine intervention of you having to be here in the sweltering heat that we're having. Just like, <laughs> stay put. Stay put as long as you can. Yes. You're getting this awesome ability to escape the sweltering heat with no access to pools and, you know, the variety of things. That you oh, use. that's right. I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> that people usually do. <laughs> you know, and I'm not a big pool goer, but yeah. there have been a couple of days where I'm like, man, if I could just go jump in the pool, I would love it right now. Right. In a hot pool, because I'm sure they're hot. <laughs> they were probably like a million degrees. Well, and even that was still cool. Well, it's interesting. So you heard, do you know about like the Wim Hof method where you're supposed to like take? Yes, I actually do. I was doing that before. I, I haven't done it here, but I was doing that in the shower. Like I was taking cold showers. Do you take cold showers? I try to. Yes, I've, I've gotten into that. How do you do it? I can't figure it out. Yeah, I don't start out cold though. So I'm, so maybe I'm not doing, I'm not doing it like fully the way it should be done. But let me just say that I, I do my, like I wash my hair, wash my yeah. body. I do that. And then I'll go cold and I'll stand in there as long as I can. So I guess I'm not doing it like I'm supposed to, but how can you wash your hair and wash your body in the freezing cold? Like that part, I don't, I don't Listen, I don't know what these people are doing. So I have a friend who's like all into going and submerging himself into like the coldest water possible. And I'm just like, I get it. Like I get it, but mm -mm, my, I, and maybe it's cause I already run cold. Like I don't, I like Maybe. run like 96.7 or something like this. Like I run cool. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, that is a little colder. Oh yeah. So my husband's been obsessed with taking our temperatures every day. I'm like, can you stop taking our temperatures? <laughs> like we're totally fine. But he's always like 96, 98.6, 98.7, 98.8. I'm like 96.2. And he's like, are you dead? I'm like, I don't wow. know. I know I run really cold. So maybe that's why I have a really hard time with doing the Wim Hof cold thing. I wonder. Maybe. Because I don't yeah. need to cool off anymore. I enjoy it. There's something about it like at the like it does invigorate you and mm -hmm. it does do something to you where you're like, whoo, okay, ready to tackle the day. Because there's plenty of times where, because I'm not a morning person. Yeah. I'm just no. not. Once I'm up, I'm up, but I'm not like gung-ho to be up early so a lot of times I do that in the morning so that I can really just like wake just up <laughs> get yourself out and about and yeah yeah so so what have been like your career like so you now own your own branding and marketing agency yes 
or really yeah, branding? Well, branding, yeah, okay. personal branding. Yeah. And mainly for the real estate and mortgage industry, is this correct, or just the mortgage industry? Um, well, I or just, I'm, I'm known in that industry just because I was yeah. in the mortgage industry, so, but I am trying to, I do have some crossover with yeah. other industries because, um, yeah, I don't want to be like boxed in, but okay. it just happens yeah. to be that most people, which is fine. I mean, hey, yeah. it's business. <laughs> How you're known. Well, same with me. I mean, everybody knows me. Like, like in the I, yoga world. Everybody knows me. All my connections are through yoga, and it's not really how I want to be known. But it's, it's right because it's not like that. It's not like being a yoga teacher is like a terrible thing in the whole world. It's just no. It's when you not. when you feel yourself moving <laughs> on into the next space, you're like, oh, I don't want to be categorized anymore. But um, tell us yeah. a little bit about like how you got here. Like, what brought you to this place of like what you're doing now and it's it that one's another really odd kind of like organic yeah. crazy way because I was just being me yeah I mean I, I was in the corporate world I'm mean, working for a mortgage company I naturally was just kind of putting myself out there on social media taking pictures um you know, I love to have fun. So I was always, when I would go to networking events or any kind of convention or conference, I would make sure I take pictures with people, do boomerangs. I mean, I'm just a silly person. Mm -hmm. And I started putting that on my social media and people started kind of getting to know who I was through it. And then here I just built this presence on LinkedIn and the mortgage company that I was working for, they're like, Hey, we need you to brand, like be our brand ambassador because you're already out there. You got connections. We need you to get our name out there too. So then I managed to get their name out there along with still being me. Right. And then that's where people were like, shoot, we want to be able to do that. Like, how did you manage to do that? And, and I bottom line is I was just being myself. Right. And it's like, how cool is that? That now I'm, my business is pretty much telling other people just be yourself. Right. <laughs> and you'll right. be fine. Right. Which is easier said than done. Like you'll, you'll be able to be in business. Yeah. I yeah. know it is. It is much easier said than done. Even my mom's, you know, even my friends, people that know me, they're like, Raquel, it's so easy for you. And it's so natural. And I'm like, I get that, but there's still a way to be able to encourage, inspire. And, um, I guess, you know, be like a cheerleader coach for somebody yeah. else to get to that place. And and that's the cool thing is I have inspired a lot of people, especially on LinkedIn, that they're mm -hmm. like, I see what you do and it's inspiring me to do the same thing. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, that's like, for me, that's the coolest thing ever because right. the fact I even got tagged on a video yesterday of, of a colleague of mine who I've never actually met, but he was very vulnerable in this video about um, his daughter having to go to dance class and wear masks. And he got in his car and he just got in front of the camera and just started talking. And he was like, thanks Raquel for allowing me to feel like I could just be true to myself and just talk about things that other people might not want to talk about. And I was like, yay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and what I love about, I really, really love about what you're, you're saying. I, I love everything that you're saying today, to be honest with you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Just like in love with Raquel, guys. Oh, why oh the love affair. Yeah, we started off not as friends, and now <laughs> see what a the see beautiful what love. We have a see a beautiful love story. We have a beautiful I. love story. Yeah. So I am. Um, I love that because I am. I love social media. Like I love the social media space so much that. I probably spend way too much time on it, to be honest with you. But I love it because of what you're talking about, because I think it's such a great place for people to just really show up 
and make our very disconnected world feel smaller. Mm -hmm. And the, and the way you do that is by literally showing up and being yourself. I was having a conversation with a very good, a mutual friend of ours, Mariah. About, yes, love her. I know she's, she's something love, love, special. Love. You know, her and I have the same birthday, same exact day. What day is that? September 17th. Okay. I'm going to, as soon as I get off, I'm going to put it in my calendar. Put double M birthday. Double, double. <laughs> I told her I love M&Ms. I told her we should do a Marsha and Mariah Mariah's magical birthday celebration. Ooh, I um, like that. Yeah, so her and I were talking cuz as much as I love it, sometimes I do get a little we all get stuck, right? We all just get yeah. stuck in it. Oh, absolutely. What am I saying and 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 truly for the past four and a half, five months, you know, I've struggled sometimes going this feels so silly putting anything out there right now. Like when the world yeah. is suffering, why am I going? Oh, to believe me. Yeah. 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 And um, her and I had this really long talk. And one of the things that I've never done is subscribe to a, like a system. I'm not a systems person ever. Like me when neither. I was a project manager at America online, I was supposed to use Microsoft word. I didn't, I used an Excel spreadsheet in my own way, like not even probably how you're really supposed to use Excel, but I, I can get shit done. I just can't follow and subscribe mm -hmm. to systems. And, and she said to me, she was like, be really grateful that you've never followed systems because now you have nothing to get unstuck from. And one of the things that I just loved about that was she was like, you already just show up organically. You now you just have to figure out how to break through and step into like the truest, truest sense of yourself. Right. Right. And I just, I, I love that really at the end of the day, the more you can systematize anything, you can do the marketing speak, you can follow all the templates, but somewhere in there, let yourself just shine through, right? Like mm -hmm. don't try to copy whatever, like the big email marketing people are doing like Amy Porterfield and Brendan Bouchard and all those people who've like got it down to a science. There's something to be said for that. But if it's in or authentic to you, then it's not going to work. So I love that you just give this permission, particularly to an industry that can be seemingly dull. I, I maybe mm -hmm. it's not glamorous or sexy it's not a, at all. No, it's not like <laughs> it's not like you got flashy earrings to sell people. You're like, I'm your mortgage broker, right? Like yeah. just to give yeah. them that permission to be like here because there it, it's all we're all in the people business, right? Like we mm -hmm. are in the relationships business. We are you want to feel comfortable with the people and you want to be like, oh, I want to go back to you. And yes, you are a real human being. You are not just a robot helping me sign my papers and things like that. Yeah. 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 No. So and awesome. that's the thing is, is um, people forget that behind the business, there's always a person, there's a human there. Yeah. And so the only way to connect with that human, especially now where everything's online, we, we don't have networking events. We don't have conferences. We don't have the happy hours. Right. So if you're not able to at least connect to the phone or the computer, then you're pretty much screwed. And yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you think yep. about it yes. um, and people are craving those connections. Yeah. So that's why like it's even with zoom calls, they're so intentional now because now, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, I have a zoom from here. So I got to get everything in. And, and it's funny how I've gotten into these conversations, very deep, heavy conversations on these zoom calls with people where they're like, I had no clue what's going to go there. I'm like, listen, I go there 
right away because I know I only have an hour with you. Like, yep. I have to be very yeah, intentional. You I want to get to know. Yeah, like, I want this to be a relationship if possible. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. just connecting with people on social media just to, like, for the numbers. It's not, for me, it's not vanity metrics or any of that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's for actual human connection and building relationships. Yeah. So I take it very seriously. So yeah, yeah, when people, when I get on calls, by the end of the conversation, we, we go to places where it's almost like therapy sometimes, sure. but I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and I love that. And I love that perspective, particularly right now, a lot of people are getting really exhausted from being virtual and um, <clears throat> taking a little bit of a step back and taking a break. And what I happen to see a lot of, particularly since I'm doing a lot of online training and a lot of online courses, is people are really making more intimate connections on these, in this format, because we're not so distracted by everything outside of us. Yeah. Like you're really having to like hone in, be there with the person that's sitting across from you and listen and like really listen. Because who knows when the Wi-Fi is going to break up or the screen is going (laughs) to break up. (laughs) <laughs> or you're going to get disconnected or somebody's going to come. It's so true. Yeah, it's true, right? It's yeah. And like just it. like, you know, where you want to stand out when you have a conversation, I try to have a conversation with someone in, in a way that like, it's totally different what they're probably used to. Cause once again, it's like, if you're trying to sell your service or your business, it's like, this is what I do. And it's like the one step, one, two, three. And yeah. I don't want to have those conversations because that's what everyone's having. That's why when you're like, Oh, you're on another podcast Raquel, I'm like, yeah, but this one's different. And I know it's going to be so yeah. different than what I'm used to. Cause I'm used to speaking about the same yeah. thing about my business and personal branding. And, and I, and so I try to have those conversations with every single person where they yeah. come out of it thinking like, okay, that was not the, yeah. the, like the same old conversation I'm used to having. Well, it's interesting. I think I was telling you how I filled in at a BNI meeting a couple weeks ago. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> there is something about that format that God bless you, BNI people. You guys are amazing. You really are. Like the fact that you can hang in there and get through it. Yeah. I, I just can't. And I've, I've tried, I've tried the in-person ones and I was like, oh, maybe virtually it'll be a little bit different because it's going to be, and it was like, no, it's yeah, no. Thing. And I'm like, I couldn't speak when it got to my time to like give my pitch. I'm like, fuck this. I have 45 seconds and I'm, Mm. No. I was just like, saying what I couldn't Mark, even sell myself. Like I pitch. I was like, I I do. And I was like, I'm like man, Raquel, you what way to sell yourself. <laughs> like, my name is Marsha. Long pause. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And I'm out. My name is Marsha. See you. Yeah, like, I think they me. were like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's too much pressure, man. It is. It is. There's, you know, if I can just be having a nice casual conversation with somebody, I feel so much better than having to be like, again, fit into a system. I just can't do it. It just, I can't. No, I can't either. But you know what? I, I'm like that person where I'm like, listen, I don't, I'm not in a system and I can, and and I'm still successful at what I do. So I'm kind of like that person of like, Hey, you don't necessarily have to do it. Like I'm not that you shouldn't, Right. Some people's systems work. I said, yeah. but there's people like me where it doesn't like, I mean, even with LinkedIn, everyone's like, Oh, you should post at this certain time. I'm like, listen, I post when in real time, like if I have something to say at two in the morning, I'm going to post it at two in the yeah. morning. Like I don't, I don't follow whatever those metrics are, yeah. but it works for me because I'm able to do it in a way where I still have that engagement. And connect. Yeah. So I tell it's people fluid. all the time, yep. like, yeah, you just got to, be, I have to honor who I am 
yep. and it has to feel right. And that's why I tell people, if you don't feel comfortable on social media, it doesn't feel right and it's forced, then don't do it. It's okay. Like you, you can still be able to do other things right. and not necessarily do what everyone else is. And, and it's okay. Like right. don't feel like shit about it. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, in, in, in listening to the talk and thinking about everything that you've shared, it really sounds like the moment that you allowed yourself to really speak openly about your depression, like things started to really flow for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so liberating. Yeah. Like there's something to be, there's something about being able to talk so openly honest about something that you were so ashamed of. Yeah. And felt like such there's cause there's so much stigma behind it and the guilt too, because let me tell you, you know, there's people that think, Oh, try to take your life. That's so selfish or how dare you or this and that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have different opinions about that. Mm -hmm. And so I thought too, like, Oh shoot, I'm going to really offend a lot of people by sure. sharing that. But it was the opposite. And I think yeah. too, that's what made me realize like not one single person was negative. Every single person was like, thank you for being so brave. Thank you for mm -hmm. talking about this. Thank you for opening up the conversation. It was also much positivity that I realized that like, okay, people need to hear this. They want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and that was just like the floodgates open pretty much. And yeah. once, once you put that out there, there's no going back. Let's be honest. No. You can't suddenly no. be like, oh, wait, that didn't happen. You're like, oops. <laughs> no. It's out and, there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I have been, what I realized for many years, because as you, as you know, I lead teacher training programs. And yes. in teacher training, when we're, you know, we talk about a lot of things and it's always, I've always been very open with those groups about, you know, the, the traumatic things that have gone on in my life. And, you know, bankruptcy is another one where you're like, oh, you don't want to talk oh, yeah. to anybody about that. Right. Cause then people think like they, there's so yeah, there's this like automatic perception of like, oh, you couldn't handle your money. You spent yep, too much. Like there's so like you were yep. so irresponsible with your money. Absolutely. Like, you could, but, you know, <laughs> and for me, because I had this childhood trauma around money, cause we never had it. And it, it's like, it mm. did make me feel totally in, in, irresponsible and made me feel like I couldn't handle it. And I wasn't worthy of it. And all these things came up for me. But what I realized yeah. was I was sharing it with these very intimate groups of people and not all the time. But then I was like, wait a minute, people need to like realize that this is not a shameful thing to go through. It happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. My eyes were really open when I um, was moving back up here, happened to be while we were going through it. Um, but just the amount of people that were also going through it. So we moved back up here during the housing crisis back in like 2008. Oh, is that when you moved up? Okay. Yeah. And that's when we were going through bankruptcy because guess what? We lived in the banking capital in Charlotte. Yes, Oklahoma. that's Charlotte. right. Yeah. So it was like a really, really interesting time. Um, there were a lot of people who you you didn't tell about it because they were already like, why are you moving into a townhouse? What's wrong? Like people were like, what's wrong? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this on purpose actually, because I'm never home. Yeah. Like at the yeah. time my daughters were, you know, in second and fourth grade and playing soccer and dance. And like, we were never around. I mean, you know how it is you go through that period where you're like, why do I need a yard and a huge house? And I can barely take care of my bedroom. That yeah. I never picked up full at the time. Now it's a very different story. So that's a whole different podcast. To talk about. I'm not going to get into it on that. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but it was just really interesting the when you talk about I mean two different topics um but all pain is pain and all trauma is trauma and everybody mm. right but that that kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation like when you and I met we were both going through these things neither one of us knew but I wonder how different yeah life would have been if we had felt confident in our own skin to like open up right mm -hmm. isn't that interesting just to think about like yeah, yeah. and that's why i am so open now because yeah. i think like well shoot I'm, i don't want to go through that same thing of like sure. oh, oh i don't know what's going on and i don't eh. like why not just up front like all right this is where i am in my life right now this is yeah. what's going on like yep. you either get it or you don't yep. like you're in like, you know, we're, we're connected, we're not, and it's okay if we're not either, you know what I mean? Because yep. I've met people that are in a completely different place than I am in a place where I'm like, you know what, I just, I can't have you in my life right now. Right. And I've, you know, there's been some, a couple friendships of mine that, that have, um, that I've severed, you know, ties with because they kind of outgrew. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my, like, I'm, yeah, I'm in a different place and I have to honor too of like, these are people that are not good for me. Yep. It's toxic. It's negative. Um, and that's okay as well. Right. Yeah. Like I, I have to, I have to be okay with that, that just like, you know, I had a divorce with my, with my ex. I mean, you can divorce your friends too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let, let's just face it. Let's just face it. Women, adult women relationships are super hard. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we ever were properly taught how to be friends with each other from an early age. Yeah. And the breakup process is to me probably the most hurtful thing in the whole wide world, but sometimes yeah. it's totally necessary and it doesn't matter if it's necessary. It's still a very hard process and some people do it very gracefully and some people do it like assholes. Just yeah. <laughs> um, and I've done both. I've been, an, I've been the asshole and I've also done it very gracefully. So yeah, no, same here. It's just another, it's just another, um, but what I find is when you start letting go of those things that aren't serving you and are for service in your life, then you are opened up to all new relationships and just hence why we reconnected with each other. Yes. No, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah. I, I love it. It's just, oh, you oh. know, as they sit here, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I know it feels good, right? It well, feels really good. I have to, yeah. I have to be completely honest that like there's certain conversations that I bet in the back, you know, in the past I would have like been mortified to have, but like yeah. this conversation with you, like, I'm so glad we finally had it because yep. I felt like it needed to be said. And yeah. the funny thing is I, I'm sure people, I don't know if people realize that are listening to this. This is the first conversation that we're having truthfully about how we looked at each other and felt about each yeah. other and how we perceived each other. This is yeah. like the first time. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, honestly, it's like, it, yeah, it was an interesting time in our life for sure. And I, I, when I look back, um, there was a period of time and I, I tell people this all the time. I was like, I didn't, I don't like that person that I was like, I, mm -hmm. it's, it's not that she was doing anything wrong and it's, and I forgive her and I love her and she's part of the process. But like, when I really look at her, I'm like, wow, like you really let your, the, the people that were around you influence everything that you did in life because I was so heartbroken on the inside, right? I was just yeah. like, I had lost my mom um, very yeah. suddenly. I was like looking for love within my 
mother-in-law and sister-in-law, which I did not get. I was growing in my own, like as a mom, like there was just so many things going on that by the time I landed here and then immediately lost my job, my husband was out of work. We were going through bankruptcy and then I was trying to do something that I really loved. Right. And it was just a confusing, messed up. Time. Wow. But just listening to you, like yeah. all that, that's a lot. Marcia. Yeah. That is a lot. You know nope. what I mean? And I'm sitting here like, I was just going through a divorce. <laughs> no, but you were going through a lot of, but, but really you were probably going through so much more, right? Like, no, no, I was, but it yeah. just, it, yeah. But yeah, it just goes to show you that everyone's going through their thing. That's right. We just, we are just, we just feel like we have to, you know, show up in a way that like, all our shits together right <laughs> when we're really well, like you know hot messes inside and let's face it let's face it what are we supposed to do as yoga teachers you're always supposed to show up like nothing is wrong right yeah because yoga teachers are so insightful and they're so connected with who right. they are that they've come you know what I mean like yeah it's mm -hmm. the same thing we're like they can't they interpret everything differently so it can't be yeah. upset yeah right <laughs> yeah no kidding no kidding so there is then all the time <laughs> oh, actually, let me just, I want to, I want to, I want to close this out on this really funny story that's at, that okay. you said that because this is actually really hysterical. There was a student of mine who, after about a year and a half of knowing each other, I can't remember, she overheard me talking to somebody and I was telling them how I was yelling I, and she overheard me having this conversation. And she confided to me that she was so disappointed in learning that because she just thought like my home experience was like yoga music playing all the time in the background. And Everything's own burning <laughs> and my daughters and everything. And I looked at her, I was like, I'm a human being. I am so yeah. sorry. Like, no, guess what? And my husband and I fight. And my daughters and I fight and yeah. we fight on epic proportions sometimes and it's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I, it was so funny because what, and she, in, in confiding this to me, she was like, and I have to say, I'm sorry to you because I realized I was putting you up on a pedestal where you just didn't belong and nobody does. Right. Like yeah. nobody, nobody ever should be elevated that high. So it's just, uh, it's wow. Just made me think about that when we were just talking. Yeah, about that's yoga. funny. I know. Yeah. And I was like the opposite of like what yoga instructors were too, which was kind of a tough one for me as well. Because people were like, wait, you're like nothing, you know, you're type A, you're this, you're crazy. You're like high energy. Like that's not a, what a yoga instructor is supposed to be like. So I had, so for me, that was a tough one too. Yeah. Oh, the yoga world. That could be a whole other whole another, yeah. <laughs> and podcast and maybe for another day, another time. Yeah. So tell, tell us one, like if you could leave everybody with just like parting words of advice or any kind of like, yeah, just like words of wisdom. What might it be? Oh my I know. I just put you on the uh, spot. Look at that. I know you did. Cause I don't feel like I'm a very wise human being to oh. be honest. Like <laughs> I don't look at myself that way. And I think of other people they are so eloquent in their words and what they have to say. And then there's me, um, on it, like at the end of the day, I just am trying to like honor myself, the person that I am. I mean, I'm just, that's why I call my business 
true to you branding? Because I'm just trying to be true to myself. <laughs> I'm really yeah. like just living my life in, in the truest way that I possibly can. And if it's yeah. ugly and pretty or messy or clean, like so be it. It yeah. is. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that was so beautifully said, Raquel. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it. And it's real. So this is the thing, right? Like, and, and this, <sighs> you know, when I introduced why I was doing this podcast, it's just real conversations, man. And, you know, the real, the real, real is this. I'm sitting here, not showered. My hair is a mess. I haven't even put makeup on today. And but, but you're still so beautiful. That's what's oh, so awesome. Oh, you're so sweet. See, thank you. But, well, no, because it's it's what you radiate. Yeah. That's what I've learned. Yeah, you know? and it's to what it's to your point though. It's like just be happy with you and be authentic. And even if you don't have a company to brand, you're mm -hmm. always branding yourself. How you show up. I talk about this again in my program all the time. How you show yes. up is a direct. Effect like it's how you show up to you is how you're going to be able to show up for others. And it's going to be your energetic exchange. So Absolutely. true to you branding, be true yep. to you and brand yourself no matter what. And if that means that you wear Ugg boots in the summer, do it. <laughs> then that's your, that's your, brand. that's your thing. And, going to judge you. and, I don't and know own it and own it, man. <laughs> yeah. You got to own it. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't no. justify. All right. Oh my God. Thank you for spending this hour with me and taking time Thank out of your you. day. And go enjoy your 75 degree weather while I sit here and swelter in the feels like 102. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll try not to like rub it in your face. I'll, I won't. I try not to do any Instagram stories. <laughs> I'm going to do one and tag you on it. <laughs> yeah, you will. You'll be like, and I look will. at me. All yeah. right. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys, uh, check it. Check us out. We got some more great conversations coming up. Super excited about our second uh, second season. I can't even get the words out. Second <laughs> season of our Storytellers podcast. You guys be well, stay cool, and I'll see you soon. Well, hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us and listening and tuning in wherever you are listening to your podcast. Keep on listening, sharing, enjoying, and hey, follow us on social media. Instagram is msh underscore shift. You can also follow me, Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A underscore Hines, H-O-F-F-H-E-I-N-S. You can also find us on the book and join our makeshift tapping group. It's a public open group. We share goodies and information. Um, visit my website, marshallhoffines.com. Sign up for the newsletter. And we'll just keep you full of all the goodies. All of them. All the time. Talk to you soon.